Today on This Week Health. In the United States, 10% of all the emissions that are produced and put into the environment comes from healthcare. And so 20% of the economy, $4 trillion a year, is from healthcare. It has a major carbon footprint. IT leaders see the whole organization. I said, well, what can I do? Welcome to This Week Health Community. This is Town Hall, a show hosted by leaders on the front lines with interviews of people making things happen in healthcare with technology. My name is Bill Russell, the creator of This Week Health, a set of channels designed to amplify great thinking to propel healthcare forward. We want to thank our show sponsors, Olive, Rubric, Trellix, Medigate, and F5 in partnership with Sirius Healthcare for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. Now, on to our show. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Carla Arzola, and I'm the IT Director at Sudich Medical Center. It's an HA hospital here in Colorado. And this is my first podcast, and I am extremely excited to be a collaborator for This Week Health. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce today's guest, Andy Draper. So Andy is the CIO of HA's Continental Division. And he's a faculty member at the University of Denver, and he also is an IT entrepreneur. I've had the opportunity to work with Andy for about three years now. And I'm always, seriously, Andy, fascinated about your passion for innovation and your passion for growing leaders. And so, Andy, welcome to the show. Why don't you introduce yourself and talk a little bit about your background and your current role as a CIO? Hey, Carla. Hey, this is great. This is your first podcast. It is my first one. Yes. So awesome. here we go. <laughs> so I'm honored and I'm a guinea pig. That's awesome. Carla, goodness sakes. I'm a second generation hospital administrator. I've grown up around healthcare topics for my whole life, pretty much. And I've been in three-time entrepreneur in healthcare. I work for Memorial Hermann in Houston, which is amazing. We've been with HCA for I think 12 years now and I just love it. It's fun being a CIO because you first of all I think you get to see the whole organization horizontally from home health to physicians to our managed care clinical integrated network to the hospitals and this too you get into the weeds so we have to know the people process technology of every aspect of that. And I would argue that outside of maybe the CEO who understands the business strategy, no one is in the depth that we are in so many different conversations all the time. So I love that part about it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you. And Andy, as much as I would love to highlight the work that you've done as an innovative leader in HCA, there's something else that I want to talk to you about because this is a topic that we're still creating awareness and you're so passionate about. And so you have a green CIO initiative and sustainability and net carbon zero is kind of newish in the healthcare industry. You've done a ton of research. And so before we dive into a lot of the stuff that you've done, tell us more about the Green CIO and what inspired you to start doing this work. Healthcare is a mission of taking care of people and communities. And I've always been concerned about the environment. You and I now live in Colorado, so we see the fires. We saw the fire on New Year's Eve 
for crying out loud of 2021 that wiped out 1,200 homes. I read a book, Bill Gates, How to Avoid a Climate Disaster. And it's amazing and it's very simple. And I admire Bill Gates because he's a technologist and he's extremely brilliant and he's got lots of money. He's investing in a lot of things to do the right thing with the planet in many different areas, poverty and environment. So when I put the book down, I said, well, what can I do as an IT leader? And it turns out there's quite a bit that we can do. And in particular, this, and we'll talk more about in the United States, 10% of all the emissions that are produced and put into the environment, into our fragile atmosphere, which protects us from the heat of the sun and the cold of space, 10% of that comes from healthcare. Mm -hmm. And so 20% of the economy, $4 trillion a year, is from healthcare. So it's the largest industry in the United States. It has a major carbon footprint. And as my opening statement about IT leaders see the whole organization, I said, well, what can I do? And there's a lot we can do. So we'll talk more about that. And it's interesting that you mentioned that about not only healthcare, but hospitals, right? Having the biggest footprint, for what I understand, that you mentioned on your statistics. I was able to go to one of your presentations. And yesterday, you and I actually attended a meeting and HA is talking about some of the things that they're doing as well. And they talk about some of the risks associated to climate change and how would that impact, impact hospitals, right? Can you talk a little bit about that and let us know what is it that you're seeing? And obviously, and this is actually why we're doing this work. And so can you give us your feedback? Sure. And it's because I'm aware of this, I see this all everywhere. So I'm more in tune than most people. And so yesterday on a news website, it announced that the Antarctic ice shelf is going to melt and a big chunk of it. And it has a certain name. I don't remember the name. But if the entire planet stopped producing carbon emissions today, zero today and forever, that ice sheet in the Antarctic is going to melt and it will cause a one foot sea rise and period. That is a fact. And so think about the coastal areas across the world. Think about the islands. That's one foot within the next 50 years or so. And people may say, oh, that's not a lot, or I might not be around. But the facts are that the coastlines are changing and there's flooding in Miami. There's fires in Colorado and New Year's Eve. One of the greatest areas of risk is in the Southeast because of Believe it or not, forest fires in some of these really wooded areas like the Carolinas. The heat from the Gulf of Mexico and the humidity kind of sits over the southeast quite a bit. Tremendous heat increase from 20 years ago to the next 30 years. The west is in a 1,200-year drought. So I am in tune to those things. Those things are facts. And we got to do something about it. Bill Gates's book, there's 51 billion tons of carbon that are emitted into our atmosphere every year. Our atmosphere protects us from the cold of space and the sun, the heat of the sun. And what happens is it warms up so that the blanket keeps getting layers on it, traps in moisture and heat, and that makes the planet warmer and creates all these different wacky weather events. And so we as IT leaders can do something about it and we have to do something about it because if we don't do something about it in the next couple of 
gears and start being aggressive with a plan, not getting to zero in two years, but just building the plan, getting consensus, what IT leaders do really well, it'll be too late. Right. And that's why we don't talk about going to zero, right? We talk about going net zero so we can counter some of the effects. Yeah. Some of the effects or some of the carbon that we're producing, we're never going to be zero, right? So I know that you started a a program or an initiative within HCA. What is your goal? And obviously this is not particular to HCA, but there's something that our IT executives can start doing to make, in this case, our vendors accountable for their plan and ourselves accountable as well, right? So what can we do, Andy? And what are you working on right now? Okay. I think there's a call to action coming from a couple different sources. First of all, in the private sector, the private equity group, BlackRock, which has $11 trillion in assets, has said every business that they have an ownership stake in must produce a plan to get to a carbon zero footprint. Across the world, there are accounting standards for carbon accounting. There are guidelines on how to measure it. There is international treaties that have been going around for 30 plus years. And so Outside the United States, the rest of the world is much further along than we are. And so that's happening. Number two, the Biden administration put a rule into effect that any publicly traded company will have to submit a report on how they're going to reduce their carbon footprint. That rule was released in earlier this year. It will be effective at the end of this year for the first reporting period of 2023 data, which will be in 2024. That's going to happen during the Biden administration. Companies are now looking at the risk of their assets. So oil platforms in the Gulf Coast are at risk for hurricanes. Hospitals along rivers and Gulf Coast, any coast are at risk for hurricanes. Hospitals are at risk for fire in the West. All these assets are at risk for climate damage let alone the population. Like when we had smoke here last year, Carla, a lot of nurses and employees couldn't come to work or had to work inside because the smoke was so bad during that period of time in September. So those forces are coming to be, it's driven by the financial penalty and the financial risk of companies. And so that to me is a signal that the private, that this has gone beyond an environmental movement. This is now a business adopted initiative. And that is big number one point to make is this is across the world, it is across industries. It's impacting debt ratings for bondholders stock ratings for companies, how board of trustees invest. And so it's happening now. Specifically for healthcare, earlier this year, there was a climate pledge that 61 health systems announced that they were going to go to reduce their carbon footprint by 50% in the next few years. And 61 health systems, some really big health systems did that, Common Spirit, Ascension, et cetera. So there is, in conclusion, The market's moving. It's driven by financial forces. Number two, in healthcare, it's moving. There's big pledges being made. And then most important in healthcare, for healthcare leaders, particularly healthcare IT leaders, we have an obligation to take care of our community and our patients. And it's in the for-profit mission of the for-profit hospitals and HCA. It's above all else, we care about the care and improvement of human life. To me, the improvement of human life is why HCA is going aggressively with their carbon initiative in the nonprofit world. The public health definition is to take care of a population and to do no harm to that population. That's the Hippocratic Oath. So there's tremendous 
moral and board pressure to do something as well. There's financial pressure and board pressure. So that's kind of the pressures that are happening right now today in 2022. We'll get back to our show in just a moment. I want to take this opportunity to invite you to our next two webinars on September 8th. We're going to have challenges and solutions to unmanaged devices in healthcare. This is a significant problem in healthcare. And here we're going to discuss the tools that are obviously integral to delivering health, but are sometimes some of the most vulnerable tools we have in the health system. Guests are going to come from leaders from Children's of Los Angeles and Intermountain, and they're going to share their experience in maintaining their devices on September 8th at 1 p.m. Eastern time. If you haven't figured it out yet, we do all of our webinars on Thursday at 1 p.m. Our second webinar will be Patient Room Next, Improve Care Efficiency. The patient room is evolving inside and outside of your four walls. What is coming next to improve clinical effectiveness through technology? With guests from health systems like yours, we're going to discuss machine vision, ambient listening, AI care companions, and much more. And I've been having some of the conversations around this Patient Room Next, exciting technologies, really interesting use cases. I think you're going to want to set aside some time for this one. Before both webinars, check out the briefing campaigns that are being released on our channel, on the conference channel around this. These conversations are going to give you a sneak peek into the discussions that we are going to have. You can find these episodes and register for both webinars at thisweekhealth.com. Both webinars will be in the top right-hand corner, and I look forward to seeing you there. Now, back to our show. So do you think that at some point, the federal government is going to have to put like a mandate, kind of like what they do with EMR, right? You have to go and do the certain thing because right now, I mean, are they specific? I don't think there's like global metrics or specific metrics that we have to follow or are they? How are companies yeah. measuring the reduction of carbon? How are we doing that? Yeah, there is a, it's called the Greenhouse Gas Protocol, ghgprotocol.org. That is the international standard for carbon accounting across all industries, full stop. As far as a mandate, the Biden rule for the SEC, Securities Exchange Commission, is requiring all publicly traded companies to submit a carbon zero plan. Non-profit sector is not part of that. So a lot, I think, I don't know what exact percent is nonprofit in healthcare. Well, let's say 90% of the hospitals are nonprofit. Even within their nonprofit, the boards are going to start asking, what is our plan for carbon zero? The for-profits are doing it. What, are, what is our plan? And also a lot of the vendors that we deal with as IT leaders are publicly traded entities, Dell, Amazon, the supply chain partners we work with, and they're already having to do this. So connecting the dots of an IT leader in a healthcare organization, there's pressure from the market. There's going to be a, a pressure from the boards that are happening in the next 12 months and now, and then there's work that IT leaders can do. Thank you, Dan. And I do have something else that I want to ask you that you brought up that isn't related to innovation and sustainability, right? And you put an article on your Green CIO org website that talks about how the next 1,000 billion dollar startups will be in climate tech, right? And so what are your thoughts in regards to that? That's extremely interesting. I mean, is that the next thing? 
Yeah. So that quote was from Larry Fink, who is the CEO of BlackRock, which has $11 trillion of assets. They own different parts of companies. And that was from him. And I, I want to be humble in face of this. This isn't just because I'm a green person and sensitive to the environment because I live in Colorado. This has been the whole world has evolved based on fossil fuels because fossil fuels are efficient. You can't the Titanic could not have attempted to cross the Atlantic with a bunch of wood fire to move the ship. They had to use coal because coal is very efficient. In order to get a tomato to market, there are basically the equivalent of five teaspoons of petroleum products in there. And when you think about a tomato, it has to be harvested, which may involve a tractor. It has to be shipped. It's often in a plastic container. It has to be trucked. It has to be air conditioned in a supermarket. And so this is not going to be easy. And Bill Gates says that in the book. And one of Bill Gates' favorite authors called Vaslav Smil, who's out of Canada. And he talks about how the entire modern world from 1800s to today has been built on cheap fossil fuel. A gallon of gas, even when it was expensive a couple months ago, four, five, six bucks a gallon, is still cheaper than a gallon of milk in some cases. So that's how entrenched fossil fuels are. And I think what Larry Fink means by the next thousand unicorns are going to be in this post-fossil fuel era is with the Biden administration's Inflation Reduction Act, there's $375 billion worth of incentives in that. $375 billion worth of incentives. I read another article that there's another $370 billion loan guarantees involved. So that's almost $800 billion. And there's, there's economists that do the math of federal stimulus and how it goes through the private sector. And I think the number is five. But if you take $800 billion times five is $4 trillion. So $4 trillion are going to be out in the economy circulating through helping get concrete to be carbon zero, hospitals to reduce their carbon footprint. So it's pretty easy to do the math to see that this is a big business now and there's lots of opportunity out there. Yeah, well, thank you, Andy, for sharing all this information with us. Obviously, we're just scratching the surface, right? There's so much to learn and so much to do. If you were to give us three takeaways today, what would that be? That's the easiest part. First of all, as an IT leader, Go to your CEO and say, what is our plan to get to carbon zero? It's a simple question. It doesn't cost anything, maybe a cup of coffee. The second thing is, and that will start the process of, I don't know what our plan is. We need a plan. Why do we need a plan? Let's go talk to the board, da, da, da. And there's all these cascading events just with that simple free question. What is our plan to get to carbon zero? Number two, call your power vendor. As IT people, we deal with hundreds of vendors every year. One of them is called the electric utility company and the gas utility company. I call them vendors because they sell us stuff just like Nuance sells us stuff. And so I called our power vendor and they have programs to help reduce and even pay hospitals to replace LED lights or pneumatic systems in the boiler areas, replace chillers, things like that. The third thing you can do is when you start a new project, ask your vendors for their climate, their carbon zero plan. And 
We started doing that a few months ago, and every vendor that we've started a new project with has a carbon zero plan. So this is a grassroots initiative. It's really about asking the question and ask your CEO, ask your power vendor, ask your other vendors. And you'd be surprised about how engaged people are and how they want to do it. Awesome. Well, any final thoughts? Carla, this is great. I really wish you luck on your podcast. You're a great interviewer. Well, this is my first one, Andy. I hope I get better because I get super nervous, but I really appreciate you partnering with me on this one. You know that I'm a fan of yours. So thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. And again, everybody, if you want to learn more about sustainability in our industry, go to greencio.org. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye, Carla. Bye. I really love this show. I love hearing from people on the front lines. I love hearing from these leaders. And we want to thank our hosts who continue to support the community by developing this great content. We also want to thank our show sponsors, Olive, Rubric, Trellix, Medigate, and F5 in partnership with Sirius Healthcare for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. If you want to support the show, let someone know about our shows. They all start with This Week Health, and you can find them wherever you listen to podcasts. There's Keynote, Town Hall, and Newsroom. Check them out today, and thanks for listening. That's all for now.